Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad that you are here today because God's Word is going to strengthen you and empower you to do the amazing things that He has called you to accomplish in your life. Now, before we jump into the Word of God, which is going to be found today in Deuteronomy chapter 2, let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word as we go into it today. We thank you for the revelation of your war plan. We thank you for an understanding of what we must do to take the land. And Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come fresh upon the word today, that this might be our spiritual food, our daily bread. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And together we say, Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Deuteronomy chapter 2. Let's drop down today to verse 24. We are discussing God's war plan. Deuteronomy 2 verse 24. Rise, take your journey, and cross over the river Arnon. Look, I have given into your hand Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land, begin to possess it and engage him in battle. My friends, it's amazing the faith language that God speaks, and we are made in his image, and we have been born again through the new birth experience. So the life of God is reverberating on the inside of us from our spirit man outward. Also, we should be reverberating with the same type of faith expressions that God speaks. Uh, notice how the Lord said that he, uh, he said, look, I have given into your hand. I have. Have, uh, not going to. Uh, have denotes that it's already been done. So this is a past tense in the mind of God. Now, Sihon is still there. <laughs> He's got his army. He's got his soldiers and they're not planning on going anywhere. But God has told the Israelites, I've given you the land of milk and honey, the land of Canaan. Now you have to go into the land and you have to take it. My friends, you have to understand that in order to take it, there is going to be a fight involved to praise the Lord. So we're going to have to engage Sihon in battle. Woo! Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to understand this, that you need faith to enter into anything that God has, we would call it prepackaged for your destiny. Okay? So everything that God has prepackaged for you concerning your destiny his beautiful plan for your life, which was all mapped out and packaged before you were ever born. The way that you get into that is through faith. Praise God. So you need faith to enter into the fullness of what God has for you. So faith, my friends, is a weapon of war. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord. By the way, until you become a fighter, you will not become a winner. You have to learn to fight. I'm talking about uh, the, the, the fight of faith. You have to learn to fight 
for what rightfully belongs to you. Why? There's a Sihon always somewhere hanging over your inheritance. They're there. (laughs) You don't even have to look that hard for them (laughs) because they're big. Uh, they're, um, They're there. You just can't miss them. But isn't that amazing? Rise, take your journey and cross over the river Arnon. Look, I have given into your hand Sihon the Amorite. Do you notice how God talks? I've already done it, but he's letting them know you're going to have to fight. Now, God is essentially saying you're going to win the fight, but you, you are going to have to go up there and engage them. They're not just going to give up uh, what they think they have. The devil's not going to back off. So there has to be major force applied. Praise the Lord. Again, God said, begin to possess it and engage him in battle. Sometimes the, the warfare is won by engaging uh, and you take a little, you take a little, sometimes you can take the whole thing. I mean, sometimes you get big breakthroughs and it's like the whole uh, thing of opposition just collapses like a landslide. The whole thing just, you, you, you take it. Other times you possess it, you possess it step by step until you've conquered the whole land. Begin to possess it and engage him in battle. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, verse 31. And the Lord said to me, See, I have begun to give Sihon and his land over to you. Begin to possess it, that you may inherit his land. Then Sihon and all his people came out against us to fight at Jahaz. And the Lord our God delivered him over to us. So we defeated him, his sons, and all his people. We took all his cities at that time, and we utterly destroyed the men, women, and little ones of every city. We left none remaining. By the way, in those scenarios, they had to. We took only the livestock as plunder for ourselves with the spoil of the cities which we took. And trust me, if they would have left one alive, uh, that would have perpetuated this uh, evil that was in the land. And eventually they would have grown up and done what? They would turn right around and attack them again. So it had to be, in a sense, what we would call an annihilation of the evil that was there in the land. Verse 36, from Aror, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and from the city that is in the ravine, as far as Gilead, there was not one city too strong for us. The Lord our God delivered all to us. My friends, please listen. He will deliver to you what has also been apportioned or promised to you, but you're going to have to fight to get it. Woo, praise the Lord. I, I talk sometimes to some Christians that are very uh, much like a pansy flower. They're very, very uh, uh, like almost like a, no, no, uh, no bite, no um, uh, I wonder if some of the men I've spoken to at times even have any testosterone in their system. They seem so, uh, uh, maybe we could even use the word effeminate. And I'm not saying that you, you have to go around, uh, you know, um, eating beef jerky and, uh, you know, lifting weights all the time. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about something spiritual that would also affect uh, your manhood. Or as a woman, even, where something rises up into you and you're not a pushover. <laughs> not to anybody. You're not anybody's doormat. 
Praise the Lord. Now you're nice and you're humble and you're sweet, but when you need to turn on the fight mode, oh, it's there. Praise God. So what you have to do with your faith is you have to keep that switch turned on. And why? Because it is a battle and you can't take it without engaging in that battle. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How does faith come? Well, we know that faith comes according to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It comes by hearing repetitively the word of God. But I like to say that faith comes by hearing God talk. That's the same expression, just said a little bit different. So when you hear God talk, again, look at verse 31. See, I have begun to give Sihon and his land over to you. Begin to possess it that you may inherit his land. Why? Because God has promised that what is his and he's, he's evil and corrupt and he's never going to change. So God says, I'm giving it to you, but you have to go up and take it. So when God says you can, and he says, I'm with you and I'll fight on your behalf, then what does that do? It creates a spark of faith and that spark can be inflamed to where uh, faith just burst like on the inside, like a, like an explosion. And the next thing you know, you are accomplishing and walking out the great things that God has designated for you to do. Praise the Lord. Look, for example, I'll give you, I'll give you a great example. Look at this just for a moment. Mark chapter 10, verse 27. But Jesus looked at them and said, with men, it is impossible but not with God, for with God, all things are possible. You'll always have the naysayers, the ones that will say that you can't do it. But when you are trying to do what God has told you to do, then you have to fall back on verses like this and, and do what? Meditate on them so that you can refute all of the negativity, so that you can refute all of the lies and so that you can refute all of even the circumstances caused uh, by a Sihon or an enemy king or whatever it might be that would say it's never going to happen for you. It works for so-and-so. It works for maybe famous preachers. It works for those that write religious books, but that stuff doesn't work for you. What do you do? You, you have to fight, engage in war with the word of God and remember this, for with God, all things are possible. And so that when you encounter these situations where they say, you can't take this land, you have to say to yourself and confess it out loud, with God, all things are possible. When you're battling a sickness or disease, and maybe it's something that's even beyond medical science. Maybe all medical science can do is give you uh, a prescription or medication that will ease the pain or that will help to disguise the symptom. But the disease or sickness would still be there and would be deeply rooted with no intent of ever leaving. Uh, ever leaving. So what do you do? You confess the word of God and you go into war and you say, for with God, all things are possible. And in the name of Jesus, I curse this sickness and disease and I command it to leave my body. I drive you out just like I drove Sihon out. I drive you out of my body in the name of Jesus. Die, wither and die and get out of my body. 
What is that? That's war. And if anybody has never tried it and would say, oh, that's just, but no, no, you, you work it and you'll find out, oh, this is war. <laughs> this is all out war. <laughs> Who's going to win? Who's ever stronger? But there's nothing stronger than the word of God. So when you are fighting in faith, working that word, then the enemy is just eventually going to collapse. It might be push back, push back, and then they're all gone. Or it could be you just plow through there like a bulldozer because you've built your faith up so strong that the enemy just crumbles. Now, there is resistance, but still, you just push them back. It's no secret why there was a dynasty in the NCAA football with the University of Alabama for so many years winning over and over and over again. And eventually, some of these other really good teams that had really good coaches began to figure out their, their recipe. Maybe you could call it the Alabama Crimson Tide secret formula. What was it? It was their strength training room. And basically, they just realized if your offensive line is bigger, stronger, uh, and can bench press more and squat more than the other team, you can push them around and they can't push you around. <laughs> they can't stop you. <laughs> so it's just about force, power, and strength. Yeah, you want speed, uh, but the other is uh, the unbeatable equation. And that's how they won so many uh, you know, NCAA championship titles. They were just stronger. And then you had teams like Clemson, and others that begin to figure that out, and they begin to get really well-versed, well-trained strength training conditioners. And then, so now the, the, the playing field began to get leveled up. Praise the Lord. Same thing in warfare. Now, again, for with God, all things are possible. I mean, when you hear that, I mean, that's like throwing a stake to a hungry man. That's like dynamite to your spirit. So anytime that the enemy would say you can't, you have to have something to fight with, such as Mark 10, 27. For with God, all things are possible. So yes, you can. And yes, you are. You are going to do it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So in some ways, it's like you fight to build your faith up because you have to work in the word and you have to labor in a sense of finding the spiritual food that is edifying, edifying you spiritually. And then with that strength, you do spiritual battle. Praise God. Now, I want to go back to uh, Deuteronomy chapter two again. Deuteronomy chapter two. Praise the Lord. Amen. Verse 35, we took only the livestock as plunder for ourselves with the spoil of the cities which we took. So there are always rewards for winning. There are spoils. There is bounty. Praise God. Amen. And again in verse 36, there was not one city too strong for us. The Lord our God delivered all to us, and he'll deliver the victory to you also. But there must be that willingness to engage in battle and then not run away once the heat uh, turns up. Uh, you have to stand there um, in martial arts or whatever it might be. You, you're trained, don't turn your back, uh, especially when you're not in a, how can we say, training environment. If you're out there in the real and you turn your back. Uh, by the way, maybe you don't know this, but in the Wild West shootouts, there's a lot of myths with all of that 
First of all, the Wild West was actually not that wild. Uh, it's hard to believe, but back even in the 1800s, they had ice cream shops. <laughs> they had uh, hotels and stuff like that. Uh, nothing like w- what we would have today, but it wasn't as wild as it's made to be. A lot of that is folklore. But also with the gunslingers and the shootouts, a lot of times you see, like in the Western movies, uh, two men, maybe a good guy and a bad guy, or just maybe two guys that want to have it out. One guy gets on one in the street, the other guy on the other, they walk out to the middle, and everybody's standing around watching, uh, you know, who's got the fastest draw, and uh, somebody shoots the other and somebody wins, and, you know, there's a lot of drama and buildup and all of that. But what what is actually the truth in the Wild West, the shootouts, is that most people died from getting shot in the back. Well, you might think, well, Pastor Stephen, that's very cowardly of somebody to do that. Well, there must have been a lot of cowardness going on because that's the number one way people got killed in shootouts. Somebody ran or somebody turned their back and got shot in the back. Praise the Lord. Now, that's not that's not very, like, action-packed, you know, like, high testosterone. You can't put that in a movie. Nobody's going to really, uh, you can't have a hero. You could have a goat, you know, like a bad guy. But that's actually how most people died in shootouts. They got shot in the back. So in war, don't turn your back on the enemy. You have to keep pressing the attack. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's go over to Deuteronomy chapter 3, right next door. And look at verse 1. All right, so we have dispatched of Sihon. He's been taken care of, and we got a whole lot out of that. We got not only got uh, his territory, but some of the expanded area of his territory. These guys were like uh, tribal kings. They were like small, what you would call a very small nation state. But not that small. You have a lot of atheistic archaeologists. Did you know that most of the archaeologists in Israel, the Israeli archaeologists, most of them are secular. They are, uh, you might not, they might not say that they are an atheist, but they would absolutely tell you that they believe that much of the Bible is a myth. They don't believe it. Now, the Bible keeps proving itself over and over again, but uh, it's not surprising to sometimes see these, these archaeologists say, well, uh, people like Sihon or the, the guy Og that we're going to read about, uh, these places didn't even exist. But they keep uh, finding evidence and, uh, you know, uh, archaeological ruins over and over that always proves that the Bible is right. Woo! Praise the Lord. Uh, So that's something that you have to remember about Israel when you see some of these people making these statements. You have to remember what Paul said. Not all Israel is Israel. And that's too much to uh, dig into right there. But Israel, if, you, if you're a real Israelite, you have faith in God. If you don't, then you're not even, you're not even uh, an Israelite, really, in a sense. Hallelujah. I mean, if you don't believe God's word, you're just like a pagan, right? Now, Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 1. Then we turned and went up the road to Bashan. And Og, king of Bashan, came out against us, he and all his people, to battle at Edri. Mm-mm. And the Lord said to me, and now remember again, how does faith come by hearing? How do you get this faith, Pastor Stephen, to do it? You have to hear God talk to you. In other words, when God says, uh, now it's time. See, your life is like a book. You have different chapters. You have different phases that you work through. 
And there are times in your life where you come to a certain chapter where God says, it's time for this. I remember the time that I woke up one morning. It was, uh, it was right around six o'clock in the morning. And I, I was going to spend an hour in prayer. And that morning, the Lord spoke to me and said, when you go into work, turn in your two-week notice, you're going into the ministry full-time. And I thought, wow, whoa, okay. So I did, turned in my notice. And, uh, but you know what? It was the chapter of my life where it just synced perfect. And doors began to open for me for ministry. When the Lord told me to go into the ministry full-time, um, intellectually, it didn't make any sense because I only had three meetings on the calendar to minister for the rest of the year. But the moment I stepped out, having heard God speak to me to do so, everything worked uh, from resigning peacefully and with honor and stepping into the new uh, thing that God had for me. And just, uh, it was amazing how doors just began to open. And there were just many, many miracles. Well, Pastor Stephen, how does that work? Well, it really, it works off the primary platform of hearing God talk to you and not trying to fabricate something because we want God to talk so bad that maybe we just make something up. Uh, don't do that. You Again, your life is like a book. You have chapters. When you get to that chapter where it's time for that thing to happen, and then you go into battle on that, that's when you win the battle. That's where all of the success is at. Now, we go back to verse 2, and the Lord said to me. So the moment God said that to Moses, Moses is just like, hey, we're going up, and we're going to win another one. We're going to win a big one this time. Mm -mm. But that's where that faith comes from, to do these types of exploits. Glory to God. That's why, my friends, the only way that you can be spiritual is to have a strong prayer life. If you're running around doing all kinds of stuff, even if it's good stuff in a sense, but you're running around and you're not praying, you're never going to get these real, uh, real clear marching orders from, from heavenly headquarters where what you do, do is based upon precision and accuracy because you've heard from God. So you must take time to keep your prayer life strong. And the Lord said to me, do not fear him, for I have delivered him and all this people and his land into your hand. Now, now here's what some Christians today do because they, they have some blockers. And sometimes the blockers are willful blockers. They, they, they know they're blocking, but they're, they're actually afraid to engage. So they, they, um, they, they just play like, like games, like uh, always like skirmishes, a little, little stuff like that instead of fully engaging. Notice God said, for I have delivered him. In other words, here we go again. In the mind of God, God sees it as already done. God sees it as Moses already going in there and the 12 tribes conquering and, and wiping out Og and on and on it goes. But while that is God's will and while God will help you once you step in, you still have to step in and fight. Wow. And you could, you could go to seminary. You could go to Bible college. You could graduate from a school of ministry. You can continue to get trained and trained and equipped and equipped for war and hear sermon after sermon after sermon. But until you actually go fight, um, you just can't take the land. And so there comes a time where, yes, 
God says, it's now time for you to engage. And look, my friends, just go up. And because uh, I know for many, it's a season where uh, God is giving the green light. God is saying, it's the now moment. This is a signature moment in your life. And so you have to go during those times. And it's, uh, and you can't cover that up by hearing more and more messages or, or I'm going to go back and get a little more training. No, you've had enough training. It's time to get your sword to go out and fight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And uh, you shall do to him as you did the Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt at Heshbon. So the Lord our God also delivered into our hands Og, king of Bashan, with all his people, and we attacked him until he had no survivors remaining. And we took all the cities at that time. There was not a city which we did not take for them. Sixty cities all the region of Argob, the king of Og in Bashan. All these cities were fortified with high walls, gates, and bars, besides a great many rural towns. In other words, what uh, what the Israelites took and conquered was stuff that in the natural you would think you can't. They're too strong. Look at the size of their walls. Look at the size of them. Look at their weapons, and on and on it goes. And uh, all of that is fear-based excuse-making. And God said, go, I've already given it to you. So, again, when God speaks, faith comes alive, and faith is a weapon of war. Go to war with it, and it, it is the good fight of faith. Now, verse 6, And we utterly destroyed them, as we did the Sihon king of Heshbon, utterly destroying the men, women, and children of every city. But all the livestock and the spoil of the cities we took as booty for ourselves. More spoil, more rewards. And yes, they had to wipe them all out again, keep the animals, wipe them all out because of all of the defilement. They're all demon-possessed. They're all demon-worshippers. And there's um, levels of perversion that would even defy description of what these Canaanites were doing there in the land. Now, look at something interesting. Look at verse 11. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the giants. Indeed, his bedstead was an iron bedstead. Is it not in Rabbah of the people of Ammon? Nine cubits is, is its length and four cubits its width, according to the standard cubit. So Og who they killed. Og had a bed that was 13, well, actually it was over 13 feet long and wider than six feet. He was a big fellow. So uh, here they go. Here, here's another day to kill giants. Every day when you're in Christ is a good day to kill any giants that are possessing your land and they're on your property that God said belongs to you and you have to go drive them out. Will Og put up a fight? Yeah, probably a pretty good one. But you know what? The bigger they are, right, the harder they fall. And he must have fallen pretty hard uh, upon the floor when they took him down. Praise God. But the thing is, is that God is fighting with them. And God fights with you when you are on the target, when you are on the time, and you are in that, that moment where God says, go. He's with you, praise the Lord. And the enemy will melt and wither, and they will back off or be uh, just completely taken out. Praise the Lord. And so that's exactly what took place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My friends, this is Old Testament. If they did it, you can do it too. 
These things are written for our example. How did they do it? They heard it by, uh, they did it by hearing God talk to them, which built faith and stepping out in faith. They took what was rightfully theirs. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can take out the giants that are in your land. You can, you can, um, totally conquer the fortified cities and rip down the bars. You could break through anything. You can do whatever God has called you to do with God. All things are possible. Sure you can. Sure you can. And you're going to. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Now, let's go over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Let me get a drink of hot tea real quick. Now, we're dropping down to verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Faith is the principal aspect of the whole armor of God above all, above all of the others. Okay. So faith is the principal aspect of the whole armor of God. And what you have to learn about faith is that you have to you have to see it in the right setting. I think what religion does is make faith like, like an expression of religious piety where you walk around uh, thinking that you're exuding faith when it's just a bunch of religious garments uh, trying to make you look spiritual. No, no, uh, faith is for war. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, sometimes we take faith and we we maybe get a placard or a nice poster board and we write in real pretty cursive letters, faith or something like that. And then we put it up on our kitchen wall and maybe we paint some flowers on the board and make it look very nice. And that, that's good. That's good. But uh, you can't just leave faith like a kind of like a religious, uh, some type of idea or air castle. No, it is for winning battles. Praise the Lord. And so you have to take it and put it in the right setting. Thank you, Jesus. Every time, every time that you stand firm and stand violent in biblical faith, you will always emerge victorious. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. But please know that only fighters become winners. Hallelujah. Hallelujah got too many Christians being too nice to cancer, too many Christians struggling with uh, maybe high blood pressure, being too nice to it, treating it like it's a pet, talking about it and claiming it like it's something that belongs to them, that like, like a baby that they cherish or rock back and forth in a crib. And they're not violent against it. They don't do war against it, which of course is why it never leaves, because anything that you tolerate in your life will never leave your life. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Today, the Holy Spirit wants you to look around your life, not somebody else's, your life, and observe what's not working. And if it's not working, put faith on it and force it, force it to work. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Force it to work. Praise God. Matthew chapter 11 Praise the Lord. Verse 12, 
and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it. How? Take it by force. What is the force? A machine gun? A concealed carry weapon? A, a, a machete? No, no. The violent take it by force. What is the force? It's faith. It is the force of faith. And it will cause all of your enemies, not some of them, all of your enemies to submit. Mm -hmm. The violent take it by force. It is the force of faith that forces the enemy to relinquish and let go. Praise God. I'll tell you right now, there is something that the enemy respects. It's called force. Mm -mm. To back him down. Amen. So you have to fight the fight of faith. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God gave Israel the land flowing with milk and honey, but there were giants there. Did you ever notice and contemplate that God didn't drive the giants away? He left the giants there. I mean, the giants were there waiting on the Israelites when they showed up. Why? That's for God's people to deal with in the spirit of faith. God's not going to do everything for us. He expects us to do our part to fight and engage the enemy. There are Sihons and Ogs in the, in the closets of your destiny, hiding big, ugly giants over 13 feet tall, lurking and looming over the promise that God spoke to you. But don't just let them stand around there looking so ugly and intimidating. Take your faith and take the sword of the Spirit and go kill them. Drive them out. Praise God. It's time for a battle. Thank you, Jesus. And until you, until you actually fight with faith, you can't possess it. It'll just, it'll stand there. It'll stand there, but you, you have to go up and take your land. And you can do it just like they did. That's why we're reading so much about Israel today. Now, Revelation chapter 12, very easy book to find, last book in the Bible. Revelation chapter 12, let's drop down to verse 7. Is this helping you today? Is this fueling you with what you need to move forward? That's what the Word of God does. It provides you with the strength that you need. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Oh no, Pastor Stephen, not there. <laughs> Where has there not been war? Wow, praise the Lord. And war broke out in heaven. Let's find out what God did. Let's find out what the angels did. Oh, wait, 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 Pastor Stephen. I know what the angels did because the angels are all very sweet and they hand out lollipops and candy canes. Pastor Stephen, I can, I can finish that verse before you read it. I'm sure that the angels, when there was war, I'm sure that the angels uh, negotiated for a peace treaty. I'm sure that the angels served lemonade to the bad angels in order to maybe persuade them to not be so rough and bad. Well, let's read the verse. And war broke out in heaven. Michael! That name just terrifies the devil still today. I, I, there's probably a few demons, maybe even in the atmosphere somewhere that just heard me say that, that probably just took off the moment, the moment Michael's name was mentioned. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought 
with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought. Some of you, you need to get that spirit of faith in you that has a bite, has an edge to it. I'm not talking about the natural, but let me say this. If should something ever happen in the natural, I sure hope that you put up a fight. I sure hope you don't fall back and lay down and start crying and say, oh, please don't pick on me. No, I hope you bite that person so hard you bite his finger off. <laughs> oh, Pastor Stephen, I'm just a woman. I can't do anything. Yeah, you can. God gave you teeth. You can bite. You could, you, could, you could scream the name of Jesus. You could call upon angelic help, and you could probably do some, pick up something, poke the guy, stab the guy. You don't, you don't have to be a victim. Who does the enemy pick on? Weak people. That's, that's a lion that goes around seeking whom to devour. Who do, you, who do you think he's going after? Weak, the weakest one. So be strong in the Lord. Amen. And if the enemy, look, we're not looking for a fight, but if the enemy shows up even naturally and tries uh, some form of harassment, uh, let him know that you've messed with the wrong person. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You'd be surprised what would come out of you when the Holy Spirit comes on you. But you have to take a stand first if you want that anointing to flow. Mm -mm. Some of you need a little of that Samson DNA to touch you. <laughs> we didn't have time on the last tour, but we went right past the exit off the road that leads to the gravesite of Samson. I'm going to try to go there next time. I really like him a lot. <laughs> he was the kind that was looking for a fight. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, when you can kill a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey, you're, you're, not, uh, you're not running away from anybody. You're, you're probably trying to look for something to happen. But all I'm saying is that we are here to serve the Lord and to further his kingdom, but we also walk in the spirit of faith. Praise God. If anything shows up against you, against your house, some type of enemy trying to do something, just speak with authority, the name of Jesus. Cast the devil out of the person. Don't let the devil lift, lift up a golf club and try to swing it at your head. Rebuke the devil. Cast the devil out of the person. Don't just stand there. Let the enemy do that crazy stuff. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of funny. Actually, uh, uh, reminds me, I know a pastor going back uh, quite a few years. Uh, there was a pastor, he was actually a youth pastor that went on to uh, have his own church, but he was a youth pastor for a very large church. And um, one day somebody came into his office and really was causing some trouble. And this person was very angry. And uh, the more the pastor tried to calm him down, the angrier he got because there was a demon in him and the demon uh, pulled out uh, some kind of a, the, the, the guy pulled out some kind of a, a weapon or something like that. Well, the pastor just reached behind his desk and grabbed the golf club and said, all right, if you want to go at it, we'll just go at it. I'm going to go at it in the name of Jesus. But you think you're going to stand over there and come at me and do all, he, I'll hit you upside the head so, so hard. <laughs> and isn't it amazing? Suddenly the guy calmed down. Suddenly the guy calmed down. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's a wild raging dog. It's full of rabies. Watch out. It could kill you. Well, how come, when, how come when the lion walks by, suddenly the rabid dog that's supposedly out of its mind, how come it suddenly straightens up around the lion? How come it doesn't try to attack the lion? Because even a devil, even a devil-possessed person knows there's more power. That person's got more power than we do. And so you have to know who you are in Jesus and don't be afraid to go to war. If you have to go to war, go with faith. Praise God. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, again, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought. Come on, let some of that Samson, let some of the Michael get on you. Yes, we're peacekeepers. Yes, we are people of peace. Uh, we have the heart of a lamb. But uh, I'm, I'm telling you, there's, you, you have to always balance Scripture with Scripture. And some of you need that line of Judah element in you. Uh, you don't want to be all lamb. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so Michael and his angels fought. Of course, we, we know the dragon and his angels fought. We, we, that doesn't surprise us. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. He was forced out. He was thrown out. How? By a stronger power. Mm, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm telling you that with the faith of God in you and the word of God in you, it is the stronger power that can drive out anything in your life that's not supposed to be there. So go up today and possess your land and drive out. Drive it out. Just drive out anything that's not supposed to be there. Glory. Glory to the Lord. Lift your hands. Father, may your people be infused today with the fire of faith to go and drive out every unholy thing from their life. May they drive out every giant that would try to hold them back from possessing the promises that you've given to them. I break in the name of Jesus, every spirit of poverty, every spirit of lack off of any one's life, any child of God's life that's trying to move into the abundance that rightfully belongs to you as your inheritance that Jesus shed his blood for you to receive. Father, I thank you that as your people engage the enemy, they will drive the enemy out, and then they will drive another one out, and another one out, and their land will become large. We give you praise. We give you praise. Father, we thank you for the story, the many stories of the ancient Israelites who marched on your orders and did great things as we see in Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith chapter. I thank you, Father, that not one person watching me who's serious about their walk with you, not one person will have an unfulfilled destiny, but they will do all that you've called them to do, and they're going to get it done. And they're going to cross the finish line hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. You've been said in Scripture that you are a God of war. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. What's God, what's God going to do in the Battle of Armageddon? You can read about uh, all of this in probably the greatest panoramic book in the Bible, the book of Zechariah. I've been spending a lot of time there lately, personally. Just read chapter 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. And look what God's going to do to the enemy in the last day. Would you like it in a, in a nutshell? He's going to kill millions and millions of really bad people. He's going to kill them. He's going to cause their eyes and their tongues to dissolve in their mouths while they stand there. Why? Because these are the wicked people that want to destroy Israel, that want to destroy Jerusalem. 
and they're going to come to a certain place where it looks like they're going to win, and then God's going to step in. Pastor Stephen, when God steps in, what's he going to do? Is he going to say, well, you did a good job. You fought real hard, and I'm going to give you a consolatory prize. Oh, he's going to give them a prize, all right. He's going to send them all to hell, but he's going to kill them all first. Mm-mm. That's in the Bible. And if you want to find out future events of what's going to happen before it ever happens, read Zechariah chapter 14. That's in the Bible still. Mm -mm. Pastor Steve, I don't agree with that. Well, there were some Jewish religious leaders that didn't agree with what Zechariah said, and they killed him. Just like Jesus told the religious leaders in his time that, yeah, just like like you killed Zechariah, you killed the prophets. That's what Jerusalem in many ways is well known for. (laughs) But it's still true. And everything that was written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is going to come to pass. You just want to be on the right side. Stand with God. Amen. Don't ever touch the church and don't ever touch Israel. Hallelujah. Let God, let God be God. Amen. And the wicked that do try to do these things, it has never gone well for them and it never will. All right. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Praise God. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for an angel to come down and tickle your ear and say it's real? You know it's real. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart right now. You need to pray this prayer with me. I'm going to lead you in, and Jesus will save you. If you used to be a Christian, and you, were, you allowed yourself to be deceived by the devil, and you went off into sin, you need to come back and rededicate your life to Jesus. You need to pray this prayer also. Okay? Let's pray together. Say, Lord Jesus... I call upon your saving name now. Jesus, I surrender my life to you completely. Wash my sins away with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. Jesus, step into my heart. Step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. And let your faith be strong in me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. I'm done serving the devil. My life now belongs to you, and I'll serve you all the days of my life. Amen. And amen. Welcome. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, let's take Holy Communion. I want you to grab some unleavened bread. If you don't have one of these little wafers, which you can buy online, by the way. It's good to have a nice stock of them. You can buy them at Christian bookstores. But if you don't have one of these, grab a, a, a little uh, cracker or a little piece of bread and grab some grape juice. If you don't have grape juice, grab what you've got. And let's pray over it. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. We set it apart now as being holy. And we thank you that this is the body and the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you are a believer, you can take communion with us. Father, we thank you for the body of the Lord, his flesh, as we receive it now. We thank you that you have made provision through your son for us to experience all things that pertain to life and godliness. Nothing was lacking. Father, when Jesus said it is finished, he meant that. Everything that we need for life and godliness to do all that we're supposed to do, 
has been accomplished through his death, burial, his resurrection, his ascension. So, Father, we now receive the Lord's flesh, and we thank you. We thank you that we can fight and win the battles that we are called to engage in. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake together. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. It's mighty cleansing power. And Father, as we receive the blood of Jesus, we thank you for your protection all around us. And we thank you for revelation of knowing and understanding what belongs to us. We take a stand in your word, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake together of the blood of Jesus. Woo! Praise the Lord. You go after what belongs to you. And then you defend what belongs to you. I'm mindful of the Israelite who stood in the middle of his field of lentils and defended it from a whole group of Philistines who wanted to take it. And he said, no, you can't have my beans. These are my beans, and you're not taking my beans. Now, this is what a lot of Christians would do. Oh, Pastor Stephen, it's just beans. Let's consign that to the enemy and let the enemy have it. It's just beans. He's like, no, it's my beans. I'm fighting to protect and defend my beans. And he killed them all. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you fight the fight of faith to Take what is yours, and then you defend it. Praise the Lord. May the Lord clearly define to you your inheritance. That's very important to understand. Before the Israelites went into battle, there were certain areas God told Moses, these are areas you can't take. I've already given this to Moab. I've already given this over here to this group. I've already given this to this group. You can't have any of their territory. But what is yours, you can take it. Praise the Lord. So you've got your promised land too. You have your Canaan land also. Just remember the giants are there, but take them out. Take them out. Praise the Lord. And begin to possess it today. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to put the giving link up on the screen as these messages are helping you to move forward with God's plan for your life and you want to support the ministry financially, let me put the giving link up, okay? So there's different ways that you can give. And also, if you would like to do something special to help us pay off the remaining debt on the land that the ministry owns, the remaining balance now is, uh, and this is on the 14.5 acres out by the airport, the remaining balance is $151,000. So it's coming down. We are now at $151,000, $151, if you want to do something to help us drive out the giant, praise God, of that debt and help us to slay it. Sow something special today. Amen. Maybe you're somebody that could really uh, help us take the head of the giant off completely. Okay? Do something special. Amen. As we all uh, are working together to advance God's kingdom. Praise the Lord. And thank you for your giving. By the way, as you're sowing, just sow your seed uh, and call it your giant killing seed. 
Amen. As you're helping the ministry to move forward, and that's where the television studio is going to be built, and the gospel, it will continue to be preached and ex extended around the world. So your seed for the giants that you need to take out. Praise the Lord, and thank you for helping us remove this remaining balance. Praise God. Father, I pray over the seeds that your people are sowing that any adversarial giant in their promised land fall. As they sow their seed, their giants fall, and they're driven out. We thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And yes, there will be reward. There will be bounty for those that take their land. Glory to God. Amen. After fighting, swinging your sword, yes, you need, uh, and you conquered, yes, you need some rewards. They'll be there. <laughs> they always are. Not just a pat on the back. God throws in a lot more than that. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. The Lord is healing uh, those that have chronic headaches right now. Matter of fact, you might, you might even have one right now. Put your hand on your head. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that headache now. Loose them and let them go in Jesus' name. I command the pressure and the anxiety to loose them in Jesus' name. Come off of them in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And it just left. You actually feel like laughing right now. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. That's an expression of victory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. This is interesting. The Lord is touching somebody's, um, uh, it's your throat area. And I, I don't know what all of these areas are, like the thorax in these areas, but something where you have not, it's even affected uh, your ability to speak, and God wants to heal you in this area right now. There's, I, I see also uh, like swollen lymph nodes and just all types of problems in here. Uh, it's affecting your breathing, affecting your speaking. That you put your hand on your neck, on your throat right now. In the name of Jesus, I release the healing anointing of Jesus right now into your neck. Be healed in the name of the Lord. And I command every sickness and disease to go, to wither and die, and loose them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I command the neck to be made whole. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. God's healing power is flowing. Begin to move your neck around. Be begin to move your neck around and lift your hands and begin to praise the Lord. Glory, glory to God. It's happening. It's happening. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you. All of the stiffness is, is leaving in Jesus' name. Now, Father, we thank you. The swelling is coming down. It's leaving completely. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. God is good. Praise God. Praise the Lord. My friends, there's always victory in Jesus. Stay in Him. Stay close to Him. Keep His Word on your mind and in your heart. Until next time, keep the faith, and I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.